Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host. I am Shemaine Laney. I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist and biohacker. And I'm very happy to have you back with me for another piece of your day. In this episode, we're looking at Understanding Migraines Part 2. In this episode, I want to look at treatments, but some injectable treatments that people may not be aware of. Um, But before I go on, I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. So hopefully you listened to Understanding Migraines Part 1 where we went into what is a migraine, what causes a migraine, the triggers, and we also did touch on um, some treatments or aids that can help you manage a migraine. I also very much went into my experience with migraines and what I've found helpful for me. So... um, In this episode, I want to kind of give you some more options that you might consider to help with the treatment of your migraine. The more and more I put out on migraines, the more I'm realizing how many people are affected. Um, According to a 2018 study, they saw that migraine affects about one in every six Americans, mostly women. And that could be for some of the reasons that I mentioned in um, the first episode in part one in regards to hormones and our stress response and even not putting ourselves first and taking care of ourselves. So again, migraine is a type of headache. It's a neurological condition that can cause severe, horrible pain, usually on one side of your head. Um, And you can also experience other symptoms like nausea, um, dizziness, fatigue, irritability, depression, um, all the symptoms I listed in part one. So go back and check that out. There's many treatments for migraine. Um, When we look at supplements, magnesium would probably be the first. A lot of research shows that people deficient in magnesium, they have higher likelihood of experiencing migraine, but also migraine can be directly connected to uh, systemic or even acute inflammation in the body during times of stress. So then we're looking at our anti-inflammatories, the likes of um, our pure krill oil our, and other good omega-3 fatty acid and acetylcysteine even, glutathione, vitamin C, uh, other anti-inflammatories that would be more on the herbal end of things, ginger, turmeric, cinnamon, peppermint, even lavender, frankincense, myrrh have been shown to be helpful. Um, and then the more kind of practical things that we can do Get off electronics, all electronics, no blue light exposure when experiencing migraine, 
Um, if necessary, if this works for you, because it's not for everyone, but sit in a dark room, quiet, take a nap if you need to, make sure you're well hydrated. It's my experience that many people experience headache and migraine due to dehydration or dehydration is one of their main triggers and women are so busy running around and taking care of everyone else that we do forget to hydrate as much as we know water 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 hydration is not just water but at the same time many people are not even hitting water targets so um, there's other options for addressing migraine and we're going to look at some of the injectables um, but also acupuncture can be helpful, massage can be helpful. Um, I know several people that have the dieth piercing so the dieth piercing is a piercing done in the skin fold just above the entrance to your ear it needs to be done in a precise location so it works, but the idea is really founded on the application of acupuncture and how certain acupuncture points in the ear can be beneficial for relieving tension and stress and inflammation and pain in different parts of the body. So many people do feel like the date piercing has helped them they feel it's beneficial there's lots of stories and antidotes out there as far as the science goes there's no specific studies saying yes this works but that doesn't mean that it doesn't work and sometimes testimonies are just as powerful as science so that might be something for you to consider or maybe you have someone you know that has a diet piercing and they can um, kind of give you their story and whether or not it helped them and depending on your pain tolerance a piercing like that can be done leave it for a few months see if it works if you don't see any benefits and you don't like it take it out the hole will heal up and that's the end of that so there's other treatments for migraine in the first part I mentioned Botox which I think I'm going to get into more towards the end of this but um, there's other types of injectables. I'm not telling you to go do these. I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm just helping you learn the different options out there and give you some potentially helpful information if you decide to try any of these applications or treatments consult your health practitioner before you do so make sure you do your research and then um, feel confident in your decision as well so when we look at injectable medication for migraines there's several preventative migraine injectables which target a molecule called calcitonin gene related peptide or cgp CGRP, which is a molecule released during migraine episodes. It promotes vasodilation, so that's the widening of your blood vessels, and then that vasodilation increases the pain and inflammation and even then allows a lot of blood to rush into your head or into your brain, and that's where you get that boom that's that migraine that's that big rush of blood hitting your brain um, so these calcitonin gene related peptides the medications block either 
the calcitonin peptide itself or the calcitonin peptide receptors, which would be considered kind of the gatekeeper molecules that CGRP binds to on your nerve cells. So they can be called or referred to as anti-CGRP or CGRP inhibitors or antagonists. And the dosage of these injectables depends on really the brand and how often you get migraine episodes. Some physicians or practitioners may not give them to you at all if you do not experience regular migraines. Some people, depending on how severe and often you get migraines, you may need an injection once a month or every four months, or it really is going to be... Um, this is something that you're going to converse with with your doctor or your medical professional. Then they can tell you if they want to administer the injection for you as you need it or if it can be self-administered at home. So these again are CGRP injections. Um, some of the brands that would make these um, are going to be Ajovi or um, Galati, then you have Amivig, that would be another one, and these are approved by the FDA. Um, you do, again, want to speak to your doctor about getting these. The next one that people hear most commonly about, I think, is Botox. Um, and Botox can be used at different levels, you can get just your kind of preventative levels. Lower levels might work for some people. Other people may need higher, more therapeutic levels. So Botox, medically known as botulinum toxin, which is actually derived from a bacteria, which is Clostridium botulinum, which most people don't know about. So um, although it's the same kind of toxin that causes botulism, which is a life-threatening form of food poisoning, its effects are different because of the amount and the type of exposure that you get. So Botox is only injected in small, tiny, targeted doses, and it's, it is injected directly into the muscle. So not into the bloodstream, but into the muscle. When injected, Botox then blocks these signals from your nerves to your muscles. So these um, calcitonin peptide receptors, they can get blocked, but also Botox then relaxes the muscles, which prevents the muscles from contracting. So if someone is experiencing migraine because they carry a lot of tension or stress in or around their head, even in their traps or their neck, then Botox can help prevent those muscles from being tense and really just help them go and just relax and let go. It can be very helpful. And even one dose can be beneficial in preventing Botox for years, or not Botox, migraine for years down the line. You, you do want to go to a practitioner that knows what he or she is doing. They know the correct doses. They know the location. Some people may need more. Some people may need less. It really is a bit of trial and error here, depending on the severity of your migraine. Um, I've found Botox to be very helpful for me when I usually my 
triggers for migraine are dehydration or stress and then chronic blue light exposure which I would categorize as a combination of stress and dehydration because it does both um, so my I will carry a lot of tension or stress in my head in my actual cranium I kind of get tension in my neck muscles and my traps but that's more from training not so much um the stress aspect of work or life kind of thing. So Botox has been very helpful for me and I have specific points that my, the nurse I go to, she does specific points and she has it recorded and she does those points every time I need it. Um, I probably go two or three times a year kind of just to stay on top of it. Sometimes I forget and then I'll get a migraine and then I'll go, oh shoot, I forgot to go back and get this sorted. So um, Botox can be helpful. And then, of course, people know that when you relax certain muscles, you can help improve the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. But that, that that's another um, topic altogether. That doesn't work for everyone. And you have to consider nutrition and healing and regeneration and cellular turnover. Anyway, the biggest thing that comes up when we're looking at Botox is people are concerned about Botox safety. Um, so botulinum toxin, it can be used very safely as long as you're using it with um, an educated practitioner. It generally is considered safe. Like, there, really, it is considered safe. There was one study done following um, Botox recipients between 1989 and 2003. And between that time frame, which is quite a long time frame, which is what... 12 years, they only came across 36 cases of uh, adverse effects due to Botox. And 13 of these cases were to do more so with an underlying condition than the drug itself. So um, if you want to check out, because I know a lot of people are unsure if you wanted to check out that study, it's over on PubMed. I will post the uh, link below in the description but Botox is pretty safe even when you look at the long-term effects there's not much I mean most of there was one well-cited 2005 study that found that adverse effects were more likely to be reported with therapeutic use because so that would be very high doses and that that may be related to any underlying conditions like our case study of the 36 cases, 13 of them had an underlying condition. The same here with this 2005, that most of the adverse effects were due to that patient having an underlying condition. And because it was, they may have needed a higher dose than the average person. And most of these conditions were really... Uh, reddening of the skin, some swelling, some pain in the ejected area, which you would normally get if you were getting an injection or a tattoo or a piercing, uh, skin discoloration. There was a 2021, so more recent review that also confirmed that people given Botox uh, injections 
could experience this pain, this swelling, this redness, soreness. Um, and that study was titled, A Review of Complications Due to the Use of Botulum Toxin A for the Cosmetic Indications. Um, and that, again, pretty recent. Most of these, in my opinion, most of these experiences are what you would experience with an injection, with a tattoo, with anything penetrating your skin. So the reddening of the skin, the swelling, uh, pain in the injected areas. Uh, and the majority of these side effects in this 2021 study, they were mild and temporary. So Botox is considered safe overall. And again, Botox it gets injected directly into your muscle. So it gets metabolized in the muscle and muscle, believe it or not, is one of our detoxification systems. So the more muscle you have as well, the more you exercise, the faster you can metabolize Botox and vice versa. So it, it is directly into the muscle. Um, you should, of course, always go to a board certified dermatologist or um, someone that is certified in administering Botox and is well-educated, even a plastic surgeon, if that's your thing. Um, and then make sure that you feel comfortable with your decision would be probably my next piece of advice there. But I have found Botox to be very um, beneficial for me. Botox injections have been used for migraine prevention specifically since 2010. And we see that in um, another study, which you'll find in the National Library of Medicine, uh, which is titled Botulinum Toxin in the Management of Chronic Migraine, Clinical Evidence and Experience. I'll post the links to these in the description. So, um, other injectable medications work to treat more acute migraine episodes, which are episodes that just ha pop up every now and then. They wouldn't be more of your chronic thing. You wouldn't be, um, you'll know if they're acute or if they're chronic. So two of these drugs are currently on the US market. One is called Sumatriptan, and then the other one is Dihydroergotamine. Uh, quite a tongue twister there. So Sumatriptan is also available as a pill and a nasal spray. Um, and these medications work by narrowing your blood vessels. So we spoke about the vasocontraction and now these blood vessels help to tighten everything back up again, which helps then reduce the blood flow reduce the pain, reduce the inflammation, unlike the CGRP, so the calcitonin peptides and the Botox, which people receive regularly to prevent migraines, the sumatriptan and DHE, they aren't intended for long use and um, they also have been used to treat cluster headaches. Definitely something you would need to see your practitioner about though to even get a prescription. Um, whereas Botox, you could potentially take it upon yourself to go get it done and pay out of pocket if you didn't want to get that kind of covered medical prescription for Botox. Um, so there's many different 
migraine triggers as we know but then there's also trigger points when getting these injections or acupuncture or the dye piercing according to a 2014 study around 94% of people with migraine experience trigger point pain so trigger point injections they target muscles that can cause migraine episodes or um, they can help prevent migraine episodes so a doctor or your healthcare professional they may target specific muscles or your acupuncturist may target specific muscles in your head or your neck or your shoulders for these types of injections and then the injections of course are performed with tiny needles that either do or don't contain medications that treat the pain or treat these trigger points um, and inflammation so um, I suppose what I want you to take away from this episode is there are options that you may not have heard of or tried, um, like the CGRP blockers, like the Botox, like maybe the date, maybe acupuncture, maybe some trigger point injections, as most people seem to feel like they're limited in their options when it comes to treating their migraine they're they kind of think they're limited in advil tylenol i have to take a day off work and i need to hydrate there's actually a lot of options in my case i prefer the more preventative approach um but some people don't do that because they weren't aware of it but hopefully this episode has helped make you aware i also want to highlight that some of these injectables Apart from the Botox, which I mentioned already, like the calcitonin peptide inhibitors, there may be some side effects to that, like constipation or nasal congestion, or even in some cases, there has been muscle spasms um, seen. But again, talk to your doctor and then do your research and then you can make an educated decision on that. But there really are a lot of options for helping to treat and I think more importantly, prevent migraines. So hopefully you found this helpful. And if you have any questions, as always, reach out to me. I'm happy to answer. Maybe you would share this with someone that you know experiences migraine often. There is a there's a lot of information out there and as many people express to me and I see it all the time when people try to do their own research and decipher what Google is saying it gets very overwhelming and confusing so that's where I come in as a researcher and a teacher I can help narrow down what I feel is important and relevant and then hopefully bring it to you in these podcast episodes and hopefully in an easily digestible way that you can understand and hopefully then implement some of the information that I give you so as always take care of yourself thank you for spending some of your day with me please share with anyone you think might benefit from this information please like and subscribe to my podcast if you haven't already I will speak to you guys really really soon so have a great day and goodbye